You're listening to Bloom and Blight, Episode 6, Reconnect. We, I think, follow Vic as you hop on the bike and start to ride off. Again, our trusty camera panning out, kind of getting up above drone shot view as you are going through these just green, lush hills and kind of back into town. You turn down a alleyway onto another street. As we see on the street running parallel, just missed it. Two individuals sitting in a black car as they pull over to the crater that was essentially left from a drone getting absolutely curb stomped into the asphalt from Daffodil previously as they get out for our viewers in air quotes of this scene. Very different looking people from those that were seen outside of Vic's garage. One of them is large, like we're talking nearly seven foot tall and a good like four feet broad across the shoulders, clearly massively cybered out with these big shoulder plates and piping and things running through it. The other one is familiar, a fox-like creature also in the cybernetic gear. Little tail kind of whooshing across back and forth as they look over and Pandora just kind of walks over to kind of the tree line where Daffodil had been jumping back and forth previously and sits down on the ground cross-legged with her hand sitting in her fists, her elbows resting on her knees and does like a very exaggerated yawn. Titus, do we really have to do this? You know that they're just going to disappear off into the unknown, the usual again. Let's just go cause some, I don't know, drama. They'll show their face eventually. He just kind of grunts, deep, gravelly, robotic-y grunt. She's like, oh, you're no fun. And then she kind of turns her head a little bit like she's heard something. You see a little, little sniff, a little sniff in the air. You've got this right. He just slowly turns. Annoyance looks to be on his entire being, not that you can see the face for the, the mechanical mask that he wears. Okay, good. See you later. And she kind of does a little roll out and heads down an alleyway following the scent of smoke as we will then pan back over to Vic. Um, Vic, you know what? It's a good question because like where he would normally go to research anything is the hideout and that's the last place he wants to be right now. You know, it's weird, like, if the hideout was a person, he almost doesn't trust that person now, because there was so many things, so many things revealed. Beforehand, I think he was just kind of trying to uh, ride around the city, but maybe he would go, let's see, yeah, I think he would go to the Howling Coyote, uh, which is like a local biker bar that he normally goes to. One part of it is because of familiarity, you know, like mm-hmm. it's something he's comfortable with, but also like, you know, like everyone, bikers gossip about things that happen around town and maybe someone there, maybe someone else like saw where the drones that we atta- that attacked us came from. I mean, it's an excuse for him to go there, but like, yeah, it's something. So he'll ride that way. You ride off and... I mean, trying to think of our timeline. I think where we are in evening, because y'all y'all headed to the hideout as sun was setting. So this place is probably popping. There is the sound of what kind of music? What do you think of just stereotypical kind of just like classic rock type of biker bar or more more variety to maybe just a jukebox of whatever whoever wants? It's gonna be mostly like classic rock on a jukebox. Um Every once in a while, someone will play probably like some heavy metal or something, but it's still a little bit too different for what most of the bikers like, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think you uh, pull up music of Led Zeppelin bopping out currently. Uh, The kind of tin signs and the neon almost even shaking and rattling up against the side of the building and these like just grimy kind of windows on the outside lines of bikes and some other vehicles parked along the side and you hop off there's a one quick little quiet rev of your engine as the bike essentially just tells you goodbye and you 
open up the door and walk in to, like I say, places popping. You see, you know, just a couple of empty spots at the bar, but for the most part, there's there's individuals sitting everywhere. Quite a few of the booths and tables are going. We'll say in the back end of the room is just like 10 pool tables, every single one of them getting played on currently. There's like darts on one side and four of the five also have people like drunkenly playing games. Uh, where would you, where would you kind of head? As this music's blasting, there's probably like basketball up on like multiple TVs and like random, like, you know, when you go to a, like a dive bar and randomly like Turner classic movies is playing on one <laughs> channel and you're like, why are we watching Gunsmoke with no sound? You know, that's the vibe. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say he would just think in his head, well, we're watching Gunsmoke because it's a classic, uh, but he would, probably go to the bar to order a drink and while he's going up there he's also like kind of looking this is like it's not that Vic comes here a lot he really doesn't it's just it's you know the garage the bar the hideout the school there are literally four places in the world he knows where to go so he gets familiar with who comes and goes so I want to say like as he comes in is there anyone in here that he doesn't recognize they're just newbies, someone suspicious, things like that. Yeah, I think as you come in, there's not really any, I mean, there are probably people you don't recognize or know, but it's very clearly like they are with groups of people mm -hmm. or, you know, they are, are all decked out in biker gear. Like no one looks out of place as of now. Okay. So then he'll just go up to the bartender and he'll just kind of, you know, one cold one. There's just like this really old man like surprised he is functioning looking just so many wrinkles like the deep like heavy set kind of brows with like the wild white old man hairs like just shooting ever on his eyebrows definitely has like kind of that like underbite with like the jowls it's like all right usual gotcha leans over surprisingly quickly like he's spry you know uh and reaches into one of the coolers under the bar pops open the or the bottle and slides it over to you and he's like all right you want me to start a tab or just add it to you know, what you got going just add it to the tab all right just like puts a little tally mark on like one of the pieces of paper that's like a receipt you know the like paper receipt books there's multiple for regulars and he just marks one under your name i want to believe that vic actually doesn't understand the concept of a tab and has just been racking up a, a bill consistently <laughs> yep you've been racking up a bill consistently but lily's probably been paying it <laughs> like fully writes a check before you get your paycheck it's like okay we're just gonna take this little cut out of vic's and pay his bills real quick okay <laughs> oh <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, he just takes the drink, he turns around, leans his back against the bar, and he starts scanning the room. He, again, he's kind of lost, but is there, he wants to see if there's anyone, like, he, he almost wants to talk to someone. Like, he needs to, like, do something with his emotions, because mm -hmm. his normal outlet, which is, you know, be angry, is not possible. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you you see probably as you're kind of like looking around. Like I said, there's some people playing pool and darts that are very clearly like kind of in there in their own thing. Um, but probably at the end of the bar, there is a person that they're there pretty frequently. You've probably seen them quite a few times. Just very much. This is just kind of the usual thing. We'll come in at five o'clock. We'll come in on a Friday night and have a good time, but is a part of their kind of daily routine. Um, and we'll say it's, it's, um, we'll say like middle aged kind of, uh, age. And, uh, they, they're probably sitting there with a similar beer. And I think as you, as you come in, kind of raise like a little toast, catch your eye of like a hey, regular same drinks. Ah, and we will say, I really need to make just like a list of NPC names to grab out of a hat at any point in time because my brain never works properly. We will call them. Someone throw a name at me. Petey. Petey. Name them Petey. And they're just kind of leaning there. Give a little, give a little toast. Raised glass over to you. And I raise it back. Um, Vic is lost. He doesn't know what to do. So he kind of like, uncharacteristically, he kind of comes over to Pete. And he kind of just looks at him. Big sigh. So, uh, anything exciting happening? 
do talk. Thought you just grunted. Which is fine. I usually do too. But no. I don't know. I got to go back to work, finally. That's something new over the last few months. Month. Oh. oh that's good. What do you do for work? Oh, I, I work downtown. Shipping district. Okay. Our area finally got cleaned up, so back at it. Oh yeah, that there was a there was a fire or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just gives you a very knowing look, like very obviously knows who you are. <laughs> oh yeah. You could say. Um, no malice in it at all. Like, but just is like, sure. <laughs> if that's what makes you feel better, we'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> so they're putting you back to work. That's 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 a good thing, right? That people like working. Gotta pay the bills. Okay. You all right, kid? Uh, um, I lost a friend a month ago, and it's really heavy on my mind, and I don't have anyone to talk to. Uh, Pete, you're like the only one I know right now. Okay. Do you want to? Do you want to sit? Do you want to talk? We can also just sit here and like comfortable silence. That's like a thing that people like. I'm probably the worst person to ask for this, but I will do my best because you are talking. Lily and I sat in comfortable silence. His, his gears start turning and things start clicking. He's like, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, scoots over one chair so you can have the one that's like closest to you. Have a, have a seat. And he takes the seat, looking forward, takes a sip of his beer. This stuff still tastes bad. Um, <sighs> Doesn't ever get better. Unless you got more money. Then you get a better one. Yeah, money. Um, so, uh, silence. He just kind of looks at the bar, everything that's going on, taking in the moment, really. Um, his anger doesn't do him any good right now, and he doesn't know where to focus his energy. And without anywhere to go, he's just kind of... Like like a like a fire you start, he blazes really hot, but without any fuel, it just kind of slowly dies down, and you just see smoke, and it, it's almost mystifying how one thing becomes another, you know? Yeah. Sit there for a bit. Petey, kind of... Doing, doing the same. Looks like a little silent sip. And without kind of looking over at you, still kind of looking straight. So I bet you lost, kid. It's rough. Yeah. Um, does it, does it get better? Um, I don't know if it ever gets better, but more you learn the tools to deal with it better. You learn to cope in different ways and then it's less sad and more remembrance, I guess. Sometimes that's a comfort. Uh, with, like, when he heard the word cope, he just downs the beer, which, bitter, gross, no. Uh, just a biker bar beer is, is usually like a Coors Light, you know, it's yeah. not it's yeah. not going to be a good time. Um, and he yells out, old man, another one, keep him coming. All right, shit. Grab another one and comes over. My name's David, by the way, not old man. Everyone calls you old man. How was I supposed to know your name's Who David? Who the fuck calls me an old man? I'm not that old. I am spry, damn it. You hear a pop as he tries to stand up straight. <laughs> um, Petey? <laughs> yeah, Petey just, like, a hand over his eye looks away, like, not me, man. And <laughs> as, as this interaction is, is kind of going on, you hear the music change on the jukebox. And it goes from probably someone was an asshole and put on Freebird. That is probably the Led Zeppelin that was happening. And it just been going for this entire encounter to then the very familiar bass drum beat and heavy guitar melody of Pushing Daisies, Lily's favorite band. And you look over and you see leaning up against the jukebox, mask off, Pandora. Okay. Ooh, ooh. Okay. Um, Vic is, is, ooh, that, you know, that flame metaphor I was going, that, that, someone just put some, you know, actual, like, lighter fluid on that fire. Um, his eyes go wide and makes eye contact with her. And I don't know if he knows what to do. You see, she looks over, smiles just like the corner of her mouth and you see just like a little bit of like very pronounced canine uh, she grins again that bright red lipstick still on she has very like angular nose definitely has like the just super sharp eyes the cat eye eyeliner like very still even without the mask and the thing like very fox like and sleek and sharp and uh just kind of smiles and gives a little wink 
And will you please roll for me? We need to gather some information as, depending on a roll, she might give you a little bit of a clue here. Okay. So, how, how I guess, in this, we've, you know, kind of set the scene, but what is the general, like, energy that Vic has had and how would you like to roll for like trying to grasp at some some sort of straws um I guess like as much as he's aggressive he's not stupid in any type of combat situation um and while this isn't like full on a brawl yet keyword yet um I would imagine he has a he's really good at studying like the weakness of someone in the situation or trying to find it um can I... I'm going to argue for Analyze. Okay. Yeah. Hey, that's a six. That's good, right? That is good. That is that is nearly the best you could do. If you did two sixes, that'd be the best best. So, you basically were going to now get to advance the investigate track, which we'll kind of deal with in a moment. But along with advancing the investigation track, use your result as gather information role as well, asking the director questions about what you have discovered. So, you have some uh, questions under the gather info here. You have a six, so you have two questions and a follow-up. These can be more broad, seeing as we're just kind of playing out your general investigation phase. So if it's maybe a little more based on the larger mystery or Pandora specifically, that's up to you. Kind of whatever edge you were hoping to get here. Mm, Okay, so specifically it says for me in my gather info little area, one of them is how can I gain an edge here? I think that's his first instinct is how does he keep himself on top? So I think with that, you would know that Pandora specifically is very playful, very tricksy, very like calculated in a lot of things. So I think you could go about it if you're thinking more getting the edge over her in this situation and more of a way with that being the knowledge of whether it is not showing the weakness being direct or playing into it kind of whatever i think there but as long as she doesn't think she has the upper hand okay um and then i get a second one you get a second one and then you can have a follow-up on either of those two okay um i guess i'll just kind of do a general because the rest of them is kind of one of them's like, what here can be broken? I'm sure everything here can be broken. But um, I don't want to break something right now. Um, oh, this is a good one. What's really going on here? Why is she here? Why is she coming to the bar here to get my attention? What do I ascertain? You can gather that you know that she's always had a fancy for you in particular compared to other things. But something is smelling off about it Mm -hmm. in a way that you're not quite sure. And I would say maybe it's she wants something from you or hoping you'll do something for her, something there, but there's not any hostility. She seemed to be checking in on you. She's here without kind of her general gear, like in a much more relaxed, if you attacked her, she'd be screwed position, you know? that it seems like there is something less adversarial at a glance mm-hmm. that she might be hoping for. And she just likes you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I get a follow-up, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry, this is gonna be cheesy. I'm, forgive me, I'm, I'm already thinking about it and getting like secondhand embarrassment, but I want to do it. Does do it. she like to dance? Oh, for sure. Okay, now knowing this, Music is playing. I know she likes me. I know that the only way I'm going to get advantage is throwing her off guard. Mm-hmm. Can my instinct be to, you know, put my drink down, stand up, march up right to her, get uncomfortably close? Like, she, I never get this close to anyone. And I just grab her and try, like, we're dancing now. You do this hearing behind you the... A surprised whisper of Petey towards old man or David of like liquid courage, I guess. Damn. As you walk over, she doesn't move an inch as you're coming, like stands her ground fully. And like, you're very tall, right? Mm -hmm. Relatively, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's 
So I think, you know, she's, she's you know, just a maybe a little, a head shorter than you will know her. And like, you wouldn't tell the slightest that she is like taken off guard or anything. Like she just looks up at you, holds that same pose. And then when you do, she kind of gives a like wide-eyed, but like a little smirk. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, what's going to do you? And we'll follow your lead. And yeah, he dances with her onto the floor, the best of his ability. He doesn't have a lot of experience with this. Um, I would imagine Lily's the one that taught him any type of like dancing. So it's 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 very. Um, I don't think Lily was was she a dancer? Was she herself trained in that? Um, I don't know if trained by any means, but this was her music. So That's you know, true. she she knew how to get going with with this at least. Yeah, like you know, when someone's a big fan of a specific band, maybe there's certain movements and things that you do at different songs, and because it's the right music, and because this is the music that Lily taught me how to taught me to enjoy, you know, whatever music is, I know the right movements for it. And as we're dancing, like. I don't know how in-depth this will be. I don't know what roles I should be making for this or if I should be making roles. But um, I want to, like, get up to her ear at one point, probably, like, in the middle of the song when there's, like, a breakdown happening. And I go, what is going on? I need you. I need you to tell me everything. You start to dance with her and she's definitely following your lead but there are a couple of points in which maybe you're not quite sure of the step or like kind of like falter in a specific move she knows it she knows these particular moves and stuff as well and almost like compensates but also in a way of like trying to not like show off kind of that she she knows some of these and I think as as you say that, she just kind of like looks up just like under her eyelashes, like up at you in the, the middle of uh, dancing. She's like, if you really want to know what's going on, thick, sweetie, open your damn eyes. Does a little, little like spin out and comes back in and like, kind of like takes the lead at this point in time and like looks you in the eyes like serious look on her face you're not stupid you can figure out what's going on here because as much as i'm like i can't tell you everything her eyes look a little watery while the rest of her face is still keeping that cool calm collected maybe just You're very loud, you know? Very easy to follow all the flames and smoke. I'm what I was made to be. Yes, and they know that. Oh, no. Vic's eyes kind of go wide and, like, stops moving. I need to go. She'll kind of, like, grab your arm like when you say that like hold on tighter like almost just like those perfectly manicured nails like almost like digging into your wrist and like pulls you off to the side maybe like because again every dive bar still has the section that used to have the payphones uh maybe there's still a payphone there but a couple have been pulled out and she kind of like pushes you back up in here and kind of like takes up that space and like looks both ways she's like just be careful because they know and i can't keep hiding your trail okay let me just say, you have friends helping you, but you and your team need to smarten up because when the time comes and we face each other in public, I'm not going to be this nice as much as I want to be. I'm, I, I need to go. I need. Don't go back to the garage. I need to go. She'll step to the side. And he'll kind of just run out. Like she said, Vic is loud, easy to spot. And as he like kind of bursts through the door to leave, he kind of makes the realization, this is it. This is what he's for. And he runs to his bike. And for the first time, he doesn't rev the engine extra loud. He doesn't try to make a big show of what he's the most proud of, the thing that he made. And he just slowly rolls off leaving the bar. We'll follow the trajectory and head back to the hideout where 
we find... I guess, Belladonna, tell me what you're doing uh, in this hideout still, like checking on Zeke, kind of what the what the vibe is. There's definitely a lot of time spent um, just kind of like checking in on him, making sure he's okay, um, helping him do any kind of like PT, like walking him around the unit just so he doesn't get, you know, any kind of atrophy or, you know, whatever he needs, whatever Faye kind of recommends in course of treatment. But also a lot of time kind of going through like the other files and any other kind of nooks and crannies in this system that's new to them. I also think they spend some time with themselves as well. Um, I don't think that they separate uh, the two halves of Belladonna, but they do kind of sit in silence and in meditation. They use the sauna and things like that to try and just like center themselves, understanding that they're very kind of on high alert since both, you know, Lily's passing and this new discovery of how and why it all happened. I think they're doing a lot of self-reflection as well. I feel like even though they probably know it's not personal, part of them is still thinking about Larkspur not wanting to have a one-on-one conversation, even though technically it's one-on-two. You have been spending some time just kind of reflecting and thinking about different things. Question, I guess, on a mechanical standpoint, with some of our downtown activities, um, seeing as, you know, you're you're helping a friend recover, though mechanically, Zeke doesn't really need the benefits of those sort of things. So like while you're doing that, you know, I feel like it's a lot of like healing yourself and working on your own thing and just being with him while he kind of like deals with things. Um would you be more when you're kind of looking into mm-hmm. things more of kind of maybe an investigation of trying to learn more about this system or this mystery or those sort of things here, or maybe more working on a long-term project to try to unlock more secrets of the hideout itself and get closer to opening a room? Hmm. I feel like Belladonna would probably be doing the first one. Okay. Like the rooms are interesting and they know that they hold like, they unlock different aspects of the hideout but i think that they're more interested in preventing um finding out anything else that's going to threaten no pun intended that's going to threaten the harmony of the group i think it's important to her to focus on uniting people right now um and i think that there's a part of her that's very disappointed that she kind of went inward that's not something that she likes doing um excessively especially when people might need her Belladonna, as um, you are, um, you know, you've already kind of relaxed in the sauna. You've been walking around with Zeke. He's already kind of starting to make little jokes and things, kind of telling you about some of the stuff that has happened uh, in between the time that y'all have really like seen each other. And definitely does, I think at one point, maybe y'all are sitting by this like hot springs, kind of kicking your feet in the water. And we'll say it's even while, just to make it mechanically make sense, like while you're kind of clicking through this computer, this computer air quotes as it is a massive programming thing and just seeing kind of what all you can find in here. He's just kind of like, I, thank you. I, I, I don't know if I've actually said it, but if not, I'm gonna say it again because I probably need to do it about 20 billion times. Thank you for helping me, but how are you doing? Everything that's happened to you's a lot, and I don't know if it would help or you don't have to say anything, but talking to someone maybe a little outside of it and not yelling <laughs> just looks to the door. <laughs> I think it takes Belladonna a minute to reply. Um, she kind of her face her facial expression kind of oscillates from oh someone wants to talk about this yes to i can't burden him with this like i'm not going to talk about myself i need to make sure to having like a flashback of the moment that they kept asking larkspur how they were doing and how she just kind of deflected it and kept kind of just like moseying on around the question um and how belladonna walked away from that conversation still not quite knowing um, how their friend was feeling. And when she finally replies, like her facial expression makes it clear that this is some kind of common ground, like a middle ground. I'm, um, I'm really glad you're okay. I'm trying to forgive myself 
Um, trying to be better for the team. Trying to think about the hole that Lily left and how all of us are going to step up into it. Um, you never have to thank me. You're, you're important to Donnie. You're important to me. And it does help to talk to someone outside of it. It does. Our bond is kind of tacit. It's immovable and flexible. And I think that's why it's hard for us to come together. The group, I mean. But with you, you choose to be here with me. And um, I appreciate that a lot. First, I may not have to thank you, but I'm going to because you're appreciated and you're wonderful and I need you to know that every time. So thank you. Again, at least number two for two million. And yeah, I I can't even pretend to uh, even slightly imagine what you're going through or that world and the team. Um, I know a thing or two about loss, though, and it's definitely easy to separate yourselves and I don't know. I guess you have, I don't know if it's an upper hand or not, of having two of you. But while it's nice to talk to someone outside of it, it's good to lean on people that can understand it more personally. And I hope that they do. Because if whatever the hell happened to me is happening to others, we need Bloom back. I really want to look into what's going on with these people that I don't know, took advantage of you. Um, but I feel like that's something that I have to talk to the team about. Was that the hospital? The hospital? Just the regular hospital? Yeah. It was just the right... I, I was there and with the doctors and, you know, the normal, normal things. And then, yeah, I saw, I saw they were looking for people for a trial for a new thing. And I went to the hospital. It was, you know, completely... Normal Oliva Bay Medical Center outpatient procedure. I don't know. I, I think Belladonna hears that it's just the regular hospital and not just like some weird trial that he participated in. And she like immediately kind of um, stops thinking about trying to save uh, this downtime for like researching like the secrets of lilies that are kind of in this system. Mm-hmm. And instead is like just kind of finds new conviction that they need to go and figure out what's up with this hospital situation like she thought that there was going to be time right she thought oh well, i can tell the group and we'll all go together and it, it's probably a weird clinic on the outskirts of town it's shady but like hearing that this is just the hospital completely snaps her out of it and she's like trying to kind of balance this reality without freaking him out too much Go ahead and uh, we'll roll for the um, investigation here. What is kind of the way that you were feeling works best for stat purposes and what you're thinking of your skills here? Is it more, you know, analytical? Is it now a little more like expressive? You know, whatever you, you feel is your vibe. I think it would probably be in both of these situations. I think it'd probably be analyze. Okay. Because she's looking for actual information rather than, mm-hmm. like, looking for something a little bit more uh, metaphorical. Yeah, absolutely. So go ahead and roll that one for me. Three. Beautiful. So uh, you have on your sheet over there on gather info for uh, three, you get a question here. Uh, I am also advancing our investigation track. And that makes it full for tier one. I think my question is, um, these new powers that Zeke has and the revealing of all of this power in our home base are happening at the same time, which leads Belladonna to think something must be rising, something must be happening that is kind of causing these things to... um, begin advancing more and more, um, especially with the attack that they experienced previously with the drones. So I think that's her question, is how are these things related? Like, what is the bigger story here? 
you're sitting here thinking over all the information. I mean, two minds at once. You're like, going through all of these different what ifs, these happens, what's going on, blah, 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 blah. And you think about the attack. Think about the video you just saw with Lily and the sacrifice she had made and the original sacrifice. And then this AI and the original team now being part of the magic and all of these odd connections here back and forth between this magic and this tech and the at odds. And then Zeke says something and it puts it all together in your head. He's been kind of looking over your shoulder while y'all have been sitting there just kind of kicking in the water and looking through this system. He says, stop. And she's been scrolling fast enough for two people to be reading. You stop. And he points. And it is a file here with the, like information on this original AI, Gen X. The, the trial that I did, the, the, the procedure that they did on me, mm-hmm. they called it biogenics. Fuck. And then you remember Lily saying, it's happened. Genix has somehow got access to its core. I had to stop it. And with that realization, and our track here kind of filled. Let's go to our last downtime action separate here. Because I think, though y'all tell me, if Daff and Lark are together currently? I feel like both of the downtime actions that we were thinking of would have kind of ended up happening with the other person. At least for this first one, my second downtime is something I can do alone. But yeah, it was this first one, it was together. So then where where would we find the two of you currently? Uh, is this still the same night? Uh, yes, yeah. I think we find them in uh, that room uh, that we established that Lark has um, sort of for isolation. Um, that helps her concentrate, stay away from other dreams and daydreams when she needs to take a break from it, essentially. Um, but it would also help her focus in on her own daydream her own memory sort of thing um and i think she brings daff in there you said you wanted to oh carry the burden be a part of it yeah yes i if if there's something that you need to talk about i i want to be here i think it'd be easier if i show you honestly daff sort of you know straightens up a bit and looks confused but nods i don't think it's the first time that she's been shown something like vision wise or at the very least daydream wise like she's she's hopped into daydreams with lark so she's confused what this one would be but she holds out a hand she's like i don't know if that's what we still need to that's how this works um lark does take it and one of her swords appears in her other hand ever since i've gotten my powers a very specific vision of something in the future has haunted me i've seen it hundreds of times and it's always been the same Lily and I worked so hard to change it. Nothing worked until a month ago. And now it's different. It's still not different enough. Are you sure you want to see this? Whatever it is, you can show me. If you if you have to carry it, I want to carry it too. Okay. And Lark will slice into the air. It's a vision I've seen hundreds of times, so I'll kind of whole daff into my own daydream of what this vision is. So we step into uh, this vision. It is nighttime and we are in a leave a bang, uh, but there is mass destruction and Lark begins pulling you forward, picking her way through debris and rubble, heading towards something. It's difficult to tell in the dark. There are lights here and there from kind of the town around, but it's it's fairly dark. And she eventually climbs up onto a piece of rubble and helps pull you up uh, that's overlooking this crater. And as she's pulling you up, there used to be all five of us here. That is what we are trying to change. Now there's just two. And she kind of steps aside and looks down into the crater. You see first, I think, Larkspur pinned under a piece of rubble, uh, not moving. Head kind of turned to the side, arms stretched out, uh, hand on top of Daff's outstretched arm. Uh, Daff arranged like she was trying to pull herself towards Lark. Lark just stands there, 
staring down, not saying anything. You can tell that she's, she has seen this so many times before. I think Daff doesn't really have words for a long moment. I She doesn't know what she was expecting, but this is definitely not it. She just sort of can't look away from the scene below them. Do you know what causes this? Do you do you know what happened before? I've never seen what leads up to this. I've searched this vision so many times, trying to find clues, anything, a date. I can't figure it out. Lily helped the best she could, but she couldn't figure it out either. It used to be all of us here. Lily's death changed that. I mean, if if it used to be the others too, I mean, I don't want to say it's better because, oh man, she kind of, for a long moment, can't quite, you know, pull her eyes away from that. But she does just sort of like, they, they've got their hands together because of, you know, dream walking, etc. And she just kind of pulls Lark to her and do, does that thing where like, reach up, pulls your head into her shoulder. You shouldn't have to do this alone. You shouldn't have to see this. I'm, I'm sorry you have to see things like this. I see it all the time, and I've tried so hard to change it over and over again, and nothing I do works. Daff sort of just pulls away a little bit just to sort of, like, put her hands on either side of Lark's face. No, hey, look at me. This is not yours to do alone. This is not, it's not your job to fix this. It's, it's hard enough that this is your job to see. It is not your job to fix. It's, we're gonna have to do something together. There, there's no way that anyone could expect one person to fix this. And if Lily expected you to try to fix this, I, I would never forgive her. She was helping. She was trying just as hard as I was. The rest of us can help too. I think the others would want to. I'm not gonna tell you what to do, obviously, but I want to help. I'm sure they do. We can we can do something about it, I'm sure. But either way, it's it's not your responsibility to hold this up above everybody else and, and keep them from seeing it. That's not it's not gonna help them any more than it's going to hurt you. If too many people know about it and everyone is trying to change it, that's it's too many different actions. It could change it in the wrong direction. It could change it in a good direction. This is already a lot. It's already not an outcome that any of us want. It could get worse, but it could get better. And we won't know unless we try to do something about it. And you can't do that alone. I know you're strong enough. I know you're smart enough. But at some point, you need to let us help you. We want to. And I know I'm being hypocritical, so you can you can berate me all you want for that. I can take it. I deserve it. That doesn't mean I'm going to let you do the same. That's why I'm sharing it now. Hey, hey, and she like, you know, the, the hands on, on Lark's cheeks again. Hey, thank you. Okay? It helps to tell somebody else. Then keep telling me. She cuts open the air again. I have to see this enough. I think we can head back now. Yeah, yeah, we can, for sure. As you jump back through, then let's, mechanically, uh, when you make a connection, you chose another protagonist, the two you do something together. If it's something the other character would appreciate, they offer you an extra die. So we would need then, for Anna, you were rolling uh, whatever appropriate action up to Kit. If uh, Hadley approves of this, I'll give you an extra die there. For sure. <laughs> First, 100%, my guy. Absolutely, yes. Okay. Uh, so I think confess is probably the best here. Yeah, I like it. Uh, so that with the extra die, it gives me two. Glad it gave me two. Uh, so that's a five, uh, which is three links given. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, okay. What, what then is Daft's downtime action before we wrap up this phase? Um, so Daft's downtime action, um, I think 
Daff is on her uh, big I, I fucked up train. Is very much I need to make it up to Civil because I have been an asshole for a calendar month. Um, and I think there is also the uh, the underlying understanding that like she also Loki needs to make it up to everybody else. Not that everybody else necessarily knows that, but I think the more pressing issue is I need to do something to prove it to Sybil, basically. I feel like Hadley's goal at this point is plan a little like quote unquote date night, but like something to feel a little bit more normal, right? Um, so I think her, her big, uh, sort of grand romantic gesture or what have you is to pull up outside Sybil's in her, you know, beat up truck or what have you. And we are going to, <laughs> we are going to the rom-com double feature drive-in movie. It's just some sort of something to feel sort of back to normal a little bit. So I think she, she sort of pulls up whether it's like maybe late at night that same night or, or the next sort of afternoon, either way. Um, she sort of pulls up and she doesn't honk as much as she wants to. She texts Sybil honk <laughs> just in case, you know, other folks are, are there. Uh, and when Sybil gets out there, there is a massive popcorn bucket, but there is no popcorn in it because she knows Sybil does not do popcorn. Um, and it is filled to the top with Sour Patch Kids. Like just a, like a disturbing amount of Sour Patch Kids, truly, in like the, the like console or whatever. Um, and <laughs> just rolls out the window. Get in. Where did you get all of those Sour Patch Kids? Don't, don't ask questions you don't want to know the answer to. <laughs> she gets in. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Amazing. Um, so yeah, uh, Hadley will drive to, you know, it's, it's a coastal uh, town. You know, we have a drive-in theater. You know it. Probably overlooking the bay or some. Yeah, it was like the screen. Yeah, the screen's got its back to the bay. So when y'all are sitting there, you can see like sunset and movie. <laughs> yeah, kind of right? Yeah. It like sucks for two seconds when the sun's flashing yeah. off the water, but then it's done. It's really pretty, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so sort of sort of pulls up and it's one of those things that like, it's public, but it's also like private enough that like Hadley and Sybil, as Hadley and Sybil can be together in a sort of semi-public situation, but also they're inside of a car. So like nobody's gonna like, usually nobody's gonna like come up to your car door like knock knock who are you with but so it's sort of it's sort of this like middle ground just absolute awful like musical rom-com double feature absolute nonsense um just sort of knowing full well that Sybil will probably fall asleep uh at some point during the film and that's kind of the goal like she just wants to give Sybil some time to not think about everything but also not be alone thinking about everything so she'll, you know, pull up, dial the radio into the correct channel, and then, like, turn it down low enough that, like, if Sybil wants to talk, they can. Are you still okay after what you saw? I'm fine. Honestly. Not not trying to put on a big show or anything. It's a lot, but it is what it is. We're gonna make it better, okay? How, uh, how old are these Sour Patch Kids? I, hey, now, you doubt my abilities to get... My girl, fresh Sour Patch Kids? You think I'd bring stale apology Sour Patch Kids? You have no faith in me. I've missed this. Me too. I'm sorry I was AWOL. That was unfair to everyone, but super unfair to you. It is in the past now. Let me just have, what, three and a half hours of a movie to watch now? something i think one of these is like one of those like law i think one of them is like les mis or something like it's gonna be a while just sort of like there's like the the console that flips up into like a seat and they sort of like knock that back scoot over arm around her shoulder okay now if you would roll whatever appropriate action and if sybil uh, approves of this you will get an extra die yeah, I mean, yeah, take the extra die. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like uh, I feel like Express is a vibe because this is this is the sort of like big gay romantic gesture. I'm sorry. Let's get this back to normal. You you saw by my giant bucket of Sour Patch Kids. Please respond. Um, <laughs> uh, so if, if if it pleases the court, uh, I think Express is the vibe. Roll it. Cool, cool. Is it a desperate position? It feels kind of desperate. No. Um, <laughs> four? 
four. So that's three segments or three links. And I think Sybil, yeah, Sybil does end up falling asleep, which is always something that's very difficult for her uh, with the visions and dreams that always plague her. Um, she does end up falling asleep on Daft's shoulder. Excellent. All according to plan. <laughs> so as the evening ends with y'all relaxing to this movie with Belladonna having a stroke of genius and Vic now with a new type of fire, I guess, lit under him. We close. But before we do, what did we say our movie is? Did we have a movie that's playing? Was it Les Mis officially uh, or is just something that long? <laughs> I, I feel like it's one of the, like it's a drive-in, so it's not going to be anything like mm-hmm, new, new, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So I feel like it's probably, yeah, it's some sort of musical double feature. I don't know what would go with, well with uh, with Les Mis, but I feel like Les Mis has to be second because like nobody's going to sit through Les Mis and then another one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe it's like Into the Woods. I don't know. Something goofy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So. Blame is. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh gosh. Okay. Um, it's asleep. It's fine. It's fine. As uh, I'm assuming a song in Into the Woods is called Into the Woods. I've seen the movie version of it once, and I believe that's like the title track. Otherwise, <laughs> it wouldn't be called that. As the scene goes on, we see the, you know, purples of the last bit of the sunset dip down as it gets nice and dark and the two of you kind of silhouetted in the truck as again we go back to our trusty little camera that pans across some of the other vehicles here that it seems the heads in them are in a similar way as it's late people are enjoying each other's time or taking a little nap until we stop on one black vehicle tinted glass it's hard to see the silhouette inside but we see an individual sitting in the driver's seat two big buns on their head looking towards Joel's vehicle thank you so much for listening to bloom and blight our cast includes taylor as the director candace as belladonna logan as wolfsbane Kit as Daffodil, and Anna as Larkspur. Cast details can be found in the show description. All production is handled by Anna and Kit. All sounds and music, courtesy Epidemic Sounds. Girl by Moonlight is a Forged in the Dark system from Evil Hat Productions. To stay up to date with all things Bloom and Blight, be sure to give us a follow on social media at Bloom and Blight. Bloom and Blight is a Dareful Archives production. See you next time.